when uh, Caitlin asked me to preach, Pastor Caitlin, I had uh, had something on my heart that God had laid there um, for a little while. And this year I decided I was going to read through the Bible um, again. <laughs> and um, through it, I felt like God, there's something in, if I get emotional, I'm sorry, I wasn't even going to go here. <laughs> but there's a, a, there was something deep within my heart. There was a cry that somehow I'd lost. And God was causing a desperation in me to see beyond myself and to see what God was wanting to do in our community and in our lives. And I was sensing that there was a, a story in, in Second Kings, as I was reading through Second Kings, that God kept bringing over and over to my mind. I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to make this sound like anything, God? But as I was reading it, God showed me some stuff, and I really felt that God had given me a word for us, not just for me, but for us. So I feel like this word is, um, I thought maybe it was just for me, but I know it's a word that God wants to give us this morning. So Holy Spirit, we invite you. We know you're already here. But we ask God for such a quietening of your spirit in our hearts. God, that we can leave behind the things that uh, kind of press in our mind. Lord, and today we would just center our hearts before you and we would just quieten our spirit to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What are you saying to us as individuals? And what are you saying to us corporately? So God, we just want to hear you today. In Jesus' name. I told somebody I have eight pages. <laughs> but... Uh, those eight pages can go by quite fast when you're doing it. But my heart is to really um, bring forth what God gave me. As I was reading it, I was, uh, I was telling Ken, I was getting a little frustrated. And uh, I took a drive to the ocean, and I just kind of let my spirit calm down. And then when I came home, he said, so... How do you feel? I said, yeah, I, I just need to say what God is saying and no more. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, you just want to put stuff in. But I felt like God was saying, just say what I have asked you to say, and I'll do the rest. I can't read with my glasses on. <laughs> this is a story in 2 Kings 7.3. If you have your Bible, I'd like for you to read along. I'm going to read uh, quite a bit of scripture. And then... I am just going to tell my story, tell a story. Uh, at this time, uh, Israel and Samaria were in battle. And I was, I was reading about Elijah and Elisha, and I was, 
asking God, God, where are men like Elisha and Elijah now? And it, they just, in the midst of my reading this, I came upon chapter 7 and verse, it starts in verse 3. Now there were four, four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why would we sit here waiting to die, they asked each other. We will starve if we stay here, but with the famine in the city, <clears throat> we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Armenians, Armenian army. If they let us live, so much the better. If they kill us, we would have died anyways. So at twilight, they set out at the camp of the Armenians, but when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there, for the Lord has caused the Armenian army to hear the clatter of spe speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried out to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horse, donkeys, and everything else as they fled from their for their lives. And when the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. Finally, they said to each other, this is not right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. So they went back to the city and told the gatekeepers what had happened. We went out to the Armenian camp, they said, and no one was there. The horses and donkeys were fettered, and the tents were all in order. But there wasn't a single person around. And then the gatekeeper shouted the news to the people of the palace. And the king got out of bed in the middle of the night and told his officers, I know what's happened. The Armenians know we are starving. So they have left their camp and have hidden in the fields. They're expecting us to leave the city and they will take us alive and capture the city. One of his officers replied, we had better send out scouts to check into this. Let them take five of the remaining horses. If something happens to them, it will be no worse than if they had stayed here and died with the rest of us. So the two chariots or horses were prepared, and the king sent out scouts to see what had happened to the Armenian army. They went all the way to the Jordan River, following a trail of clothing, equipment that the Armenians had thrown away in their mad rush to escape. The scouts returned and told the king about it. Then the people of Samaria rushed out and plundered the Armenian camp. So it was a tree that so that's where I want to stop. So I really felt as I was reading this, you know, over and over I've read this story, I don't know how many times, but it, it didn't really stick out to me. It's like that sign that Ken saw, it stuck out to him. God was saying something. For the first time when I was reading this story, it, it, it took about two or three months to process what God was saying, saying to me anyways. And I am kind of tell it in a story form. I don't have, <laughs> you know, um, what do you call those? PowerPoints. PowerPoints. <laughs> I, I felt like I was just to tell it in a story form. Here we see four leopards looking at their situation. If they stay here, they're going to die. If they go to the Armenian, they might also die. They have a decision to make. They would rather... They would rather die doing something or trying than to sit and to give up. Crazy thing, even though I thought that, that crazy thing that they even thought that that was an option. 
Sometimes in our lives, we can't see our way out of a situation, and we don't even and we don't even rise from where we are to allow God to create a way. So often we just sit where we are, and we don't realize God's created a way for us to go. I mean, it's bad enough to be a leopard, worse to be a leper in a time of a famine. If that's not bad enough, to be a leopard in a time of a famine, in a time of war, and if that's not enough, to be a leopard in a famine, in a time of war, and they're actually losing that battle. They are stuck in their gates. The, the king had closed the gates to the door, and they, were, they actually were dying. But here are these four leopards outside the gates. I mean, it's bad enough to be a leopard. Even if you ever feel that way sometimes, just one thing after another, it's totally out of your control. They are hopeless. They're fearful. There's no sense of a future. What does the future hold for us as we look? You know, we have a pandemic going on, BCs. Uh, you can't even get to BC because the roads are washed out. There's floods. There's been fires. There's all sorts of stuff that's so out of our control. But God has a purpose. Here, they are hopeless, fearful, no sense of a future, but four leopards locked outside their city, four leopards who have been abandoned and forgotten, abandoned by their own people, four leopards whose bodies are being eaten by an incurable disease, whose minds are still sharp, though, enough to understand they have an option. They can stay at the gate and die, or they can go and surrender to our main army, and maybe they'll live. If that was not, if that was me, I would not see beyond where I'm at to actually think I have options. I would think, what's the use? I've lost everything. I've lost that battle. I'd lay, lay down and give up. To the human eye, there are no options as you read this story, but they, but they did something that required of them the greatest risk and the greatest courage. They could have remained in their desperate situation and blamed God, be angry, disillusioned, despise the people who had abandoned them, and surrendered themselves to what seemed apparent death. But in verse 5, they took the risk the enemy would have, that the enemy would have pity on them, and they walked away from their gate. It takes courage to see beyond your situation when there seems no hope. You know, oftentimes in life, we, we can't see beyond ourselves, and we, we're hopeless. It takes courage, and it takes risk to get, to, go, to move forward. But in this story is promise and insight of how God works in our lives. We don't always see the full picture. I think once I start calming down, <laughs> I won't read as much <laughs> of what God is doing. But here we see four leopards who only went to surrender to our Armenian army. But God was doing something they could never imagine or see or do into, in themselves. 
and it took them leaving the safety of where they were, it took them leaving the safety of where they were and to discover that God had already acted on their behalf. There's so often we want to stay in the safety of where we're at, but God is calling us to something else. And he says, but you need to, to, you need to take the steps. We all have areas in our lives that are like that. God calls us into areas that will take courage and is going to take risks. And we have to leave the safety of where we're at and what we know to walk into what he already has for us. It's easier to stay in the safety of what we know than to risk everything to the unknown. It really is. You know, I, I like safety. And uh, sometimes to walk out of that, it's like... I'd rather stay where I, what I know than to what I don't know. When we moved to, um, I'm just going to tell you a couple of stories. When we moved from Uranium City to Uranium City, we were living in Saskatoon. I was quite happy there. Um, we had just come from a bad situation. Well, I don't want to say really bad situation, but we were in a, a, our first pastorate, and. Uh, it was hard. <laughs> we had a little house that we lived in. It was mice infested. I tell you, it was not good. And um, But I, as hard as that situation was, it really taught us a lot. That's where I really believe God started laying in my heart faith. Faith to believe for things that I didn't even thought, think were possible. And, but as we moved to Uranium City and went to Saskatoon, um, I, we were there about a year, year and a half, and God started speaking to Ken about uh, moving up to Uranium City where there were some people there that wanted a church. There's nothing there. And uh, when Ken came home and said, you know, there's a church there that needs to be planted, and I thought, nope, not me, man. I'm not going up there. I, we just moved in a really nice house, and I'm content. And I don't want to move. But as I was praying, the Lord really spoke to my heart and said, um, there's a people there that need the word. There's a people there, and I want you to be a part of um, spreading the good news. So after a while, I kind of gave in and surrendered, and uh, we ended up moving there. We had a four-year-old and two-year-old, and um, I didn't know what we were going up to. I'm no different than any other people. <laughs> I have worries, I have fears, um, but as I surrendered to God, God gave me a peace that we were going, we were going to be okay. Uh, Ken, I often think of Ken. He's like the uh, wooden roller coaster. Have you ever been to Canada's Wonderland or? other areas like that. You know, Ken's the one who's at the wooden roller coaster. He's excited. He's like, oh, let's, you know, let's go for it. And I'm in the teacup, you know, and I'm hanging on for dear life in the teacup. I, I like my security. I like my safety. And he's like, no, let's go. <laughs> and, um, and it comes to a, a place where I go, yeah, it may be scary, but I know God is in this, and I'm going to go do it. And a place of surrender. For me, it was a matter of surrendering my desires and what I thought I even deserved. 
deserved this house. I just came out of this other house, and I deserved this. Was I willing to risk a move into the unknown? We had lost a lot in that move, but you know what? We gained way more than what we had lost in material things and um, health. We had a few health issues at that point also. But we, we, we gained so much more because we saw 70 people come to Jesus and we baptized 45. And I think, if, you know what, if we hadn't risked, if we hadn't looked beyond, um, we could have really missed that. We were part of a bigger picture that I didn't see. And Thunder Bay was the same. We picked up our three kids then and moved to a place where um, Ken had never been, and I had I'd been there a few times because we lived in Ontario. And, um, but here we were, again, on the roller coaster. God, we actually, what happened to us is we took out, after we moved from Uranium City, we went to Saskatoon for a few years, and then we started saying, God, there's got to be more. And we opened the map of the world, and we said, God, where do you want us? And God pinpointed Thunder Bay, and I thought, oh, God. <laughs> here goes the roller coaster ride again. And we're gonna, there's more risk, but there's also adventure. And we saw so much happen. Uh, it was you know, unbelievable what God did. I believe we saw a need, and it was God who made us see how desperate the, the need was. And as we answered that call, I believe it created openness for God's provision. I really do. I believe as we were obedient and as we answered that call, God caused something in people's heart to be able to receive the word of God. I believe when we walk in obedience, Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He never said it would be easy, but he said that you would never be alone that he would make a way. Here in this story, we see that he cleared their path. He cleared the path of the leopards. They were desperate. Here we see God's provision for them. They arose. Action was required. When God is speaking something more often, we actually have to act on it. The leopards found what they never expected. The Armenians had left everything behind. Wow, I call that <laughs> pretty big provision. Wow, I call that payload. They had nothing. Suddenly, four leopards, homeless, hopeless, were the rulers of a wealth of an army. Come on, <laughs> that, that's pretty amazing. There are four leopards sitting at a gate waiting to die. But because they desire, they saw something, and we can't just sit here. If we're going to die here, if we're going to die, let's go die doing something. And here they were with the wealth of an army. How many times we choose to stay or remain in our desperation rather than allow it to drive us into the abundance that God already has for us? There's safety in, or we think there's safety in where we're at. We only find what God has for us when we choose to cross over to the enemy lines and surrender ourselves to the life that God has for us. And that's scary. 
There's fear, unknown, never done it that way before. It holds us back from experience what our future holds. In verse 9, 8 and 9, it says they ate and they drank and they took everything they could and they hid it. They didn't have anything before. Now what they did have, they didn't want it taken from them. I can't blame them. They never had anything. But God gave them everything, everything. God gave everything to them. They provided, but they were only looking at what they could take for themselves. They weren't looking for, at anybody else. They were only looking at what they could take for themselves, so they went and hid it. I love in verse 9, they have a revelation. What we are doing isn't right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. It's not ours to keep. I love that. It's profound revelation. What we have been given isn't ours to keep. It isn't ours to hide. We have been given the good news. We have been given the keys to the kingdom. They saw what God had given them also was not just provision for themselves, for their own survival, but an abundance for the needs of others. God often gives us something, but it's not for us to keep, but it's also to provide for others. I love how four leopards who never had anything or cared about anybody else, they looked at each other in a profound moment of truth. It's, a, it's not ours to hoard. We have to step out of death and walk into life. To hide what we have found, what we have been given freely, would be the greatest crime. The world needs to see what God has given you so that they can realize they can also have it freely. You know, that billboard that Ken was talking about, the world needs you now more than ever. In verse 10, we, we see what they did. It says, what do they do? I have to take my glasses off again. <laughs> I love this story. They say, this is not right. This is a day of good news, and we are not sharing with, with others. It's not ours to keep. They saw what God had given them was not just their provision, but for the for themselves, but for, but for their own survival, but an abundance to the needs of others. So they went back to the very people who had abandoned them, to the king who had locked them out of the city, left them to die, and they declared the good news. They were not well received. They didn't even believe them. The king didn't believe them. He thought it was a trap, and he said, uh, the Armenian army is just waiting out there, so when we come out, they're going to attack us and kill us. But in verse 13, it says, it's, let them take five remaining horses and to see if it was really true. It will be no worse than if they stayed here and died with the rest of us. So they said, let us go see and see if the leopards are telling the truth because we're going to die here anyways. So it's worth the risk to open the gates and to go look. 
So now we see they had to leave the safety of their city, they had to open their doors, and they had to step outside. If they didn't believe the leopards, they would have all died a slow and painful death. But really in truth, they would have died not of, of hunger or thirst, but they would have died of fear. They would have died of fear because they would never move from where they were to where God wanted them. It's fear to move from where they were. The city seemed safer than to walk out of their gates. Maybe that's because, maybe that's where some of us are today. We're waiting for God to do something before we move out from where we're at. And all along, he is telling us to move out of our place of safety, our place of security, and what's familiar, walk away from the fear and from the unknown and risk going into enemy lines and take back what's ours. I really believe that God wants us to go beyond our doors and to take what he's already given, what he's already made provision for. We take back our families, we take back our communities, we take back what the enemy's stolen. And that's only going to uh, happen is when we risk and we have the courage and to step out from where we're at into where God wants us. For me, it was giving up what was familiar, safe, and my comfort. And I had to risk and I, had to, uh, I took courage uh, for us to move. You know, I, I don't really like moving. <laughs> the amount of times we have moved, uh, I don't like it, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, it was the same when, when uh, Ken had come here and he had come back and he said, Linda, there's a church in New Brunswick, in St. George. He said, I really feel called to it. And I went, mm, don't care, don't know people. Doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> and, I, and I walked away. And at the time I was reading um, a book by Reese Hall called The Intercessor. And he talks, it's his whole life about how God leads him from one thing to another. And it's total surrender to what God wants and not to him. Like even simple things like wearing a hat. He couldn't wear it anymore because God had told him not to do it. But it it, it's, it's all about obedience to where God wants you to walk into. And as I'm reading this, I'm also reading another book called um, uh, by uh, uh, McManus. I can't remember the name of it. And he says something in his book. It says, if you're not happy where you're at, why are you there? And it just hit me. I was happy in, in, in Victoria. I, I, I had my dream job. I had everything but I wasn't happy in here. I could have had everything that looked good, but my heart was saying something else. So when, God, when Ken started talking about uh, St. George, God laid on my heart a burden for you people. And then I started to pray, and I said, God, is that where you want us? And immediately I felt like God said, I want you to say yes and just surrender and go. And here we are three years later. <laughs> but you know what? It's all of us together 
as we surrender our lives to God, it's, it's not just, it's just not about us or Pastor Kate and Brad who moved across the country. They were obedient. God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. It's not what God can do for you. We see God's goodness in all our lives, but it's what God can do through you. God's wanting to do something through you. I love the surprise found in this story. Four leopards, Uzziah's ambition was to survive and live another day. They found themselves the, manuf the manufacturers who provided a future for hopeless people. Four leopards, guys who dared to risk to walk away from the gate and to say, I'd rather die doing something than die than doing nothing. And God had already prepared the way and they became the benefactors of hope for a people. Wow. You may think I have nothing to give, but Jesus says, I have given you all things that pertain to life. All of us, not just the ones who are up here, all of us, God says, I've given you gifts and calling that pertain to life. What is God speaking to you today? What steps does he want you to take? He will give you the courage, and you, you have to risk There's no, it's not all huge steps, guys. God's not going to ask you all of you to move. But he's just going to ask you to step away from your comfort zone and get maybe a little uncomfortable. But I know for sure God has put within every one of us gifts and callings. Our lives were never intended to be only about us. Everything God has given you has not been given with you just in mind. When we choose to live our lives the way God intended, to truly live, not just to exist or waiting for something to happen, then we become a source of that life. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to work through us. I remember when I was working in preschool, um, <clears throat> Uh, the ladies, the, the mom and dads and the grandpas would come to me and, and say to me, why are you so happy? Why are you always smiling? And um, at the time, Ken was going through a heart surgery, and everybody knew it. And, and uh, <laughs> they said, why, why are you so happy? And I, and I would say, yeah, I just believe God's going to do something. God, uh, Ken, uh, Ken's life and his, is in his hand. And these are un unbelievers. These are not people that... No, Jesus, these are just uh, people coming into our preschools. There was 90 families. And uh, one, one day, this um, lady came up to me and she said, I would like you to come to our house and pray. And I thought, wow. Um, she, they were Hindu. And uh, so three of us went to her house. And as we opened the door, there was this big uh, Buddha, like huge, size of me. And <laughs> I'm thinking, what an opportunity. I didn't look at it and start praying, so, you know, against what I was walking into. I went, wow, what an opportunity to share the good news of the gospel. 
and uh, there was me and two of my other uh, friends. We walked in there, and her husband had cancer. And she saw something in us, not in the religion that she was following, but something in us. And she said, can you come and pray over him? And we had an opportunity to pray for that man. And I tell you, that was like, thank you, Jesus. You have made, you've given us something, not to keep to ourselves, but to, to give to others. And it was something that she saw in us that she says, I want that. So choose to live our lives expecting that God will do something. The tragedy of a life that is never fully lived is not the loss of that one life, but the tragedy of endless other lives that, could, that God could have forever changed. You know, when we just live our lives to ourselves, we don't recognize um, God wants to use us. But God wants to use us not just for ourselves, but for others. There's a scripture in the word, and it's, uh, I think it's, I'm going to read it from uh, the New Living, the message. I couldn't find it this morning. Second uh, Corinthians 6. Well, now is the right time to listen, the day to be helped. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late, throwing a question mark over everything we're doing. Our work as God's servants gets validated or not in the details. People are watching us as we stay our posts alert. In times, tough times, bad times, when we're beaten, jailed, or mobbed, working hard, working late, working without eating with pure heart, a clear head, steady hand, and gentleness, holiness, and honest love. When we're telling the truth and when God's showing us power, when we're doing our best, setting things right, when we're praised and we're blamed, slandered and honored, true to our words, though distrusted, ignored by the world, but recognized by God, terrifically, terrifically alive, though rumored to be dead, Beaten within an inch of our lives, but refusing to die, immersed in terror, yet always filled with deep joy, living on handouts, yet in, enrich many, having nothing, but yet having it all. Our lives are not our own. We have been bought with a price. And I really believe God is calling us to walk away from the security of where we're at into what he has called us to. My prayer as we go about our community is that God would call, cause a desperation in our heart. He would cause a cry that would go out and say, God, I want to see my community the way you do. I want to see the people that you see. I want to see the hurting people. I want to see the people that don't even know they're hurting. But somehow that we would have the eyes of Jesus and then we would have the heart to respond to the needs around us. It's only going to come from a uh, desperation in our heart, guys. We have, a, we have a desperate world. We are in desperate need. 
there is no, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There are so many things happening that our, we ourselves can't even comprehend, like, what's going on. But out of that, there's something that's been bubbling in my spirit, and God's been saying, I want you to pray and to intercede, and I want you to have a, somehow a desperation to see beyond yourself and see the needs of others. We need to break out from the fear that holds us. That holds us back from living the life that God created. That God would create a desperation to see the world around me. That we would be the benefactors of life. That we would be like those four leopards that stepped out from the, the gate and said, I'd rather be doing something than doing nothing. You know, God has called us uh, to go beyond ourselves. And uh, I believe this church, this people, because it's not a building, it's us. I believe that God is calling each of us to say, take the risks and be encouraged and go out there and step over the enemy line and take what God has given you. Jesus, I just pray that you would speak to each one of us, Lord. That we would rather walk in places that are unknown, known we're doing it with you. So God, help us to see beyond ourselves and see what you see. Lord, a community that is hurting, that doesn't even know it's hurting. You, Lord, a community that is lost, we don't even talk about that anymore. Lord, we want your heart. We want the heartbeat of our community. And Lord, when you say, um, go there, Lord, that we would be obedient to say, yes, Lord. I'll do what it takes. Lord, we have the good news of the gospel. And God, we don't want to hide it. We don't want to keep it to ourselves. But we want to give it out to those who are hungry and thirsty and that are lost. So Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would fill us, not just for ourselves, but God, you would fill us so when we go out, Lord, people see Jesus in us. Let the life of God, Lord, be in us. Let the life that you've given, Lord, shine forth, Lord. No, no matter our circumstance, God, that we would choose life. That we would say, I, I, no matter what I face, I'm going to choose what God has given, what has given me, and I'm going to share that with others. So, God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And, God, I believe, God, that there's so much more that you want to give us. So, God, we just thank you for what you're about to do in St. George and in, in, um, in our, our community, Charlotte County. Lord, we're not just content just to see a few things, but, God, I pray 
that we would see an incredible move of your spirit. And many would come to know you, Lord, as we surrender our lives to you and say, God, we'll walk away from what we know to what's unknown. And we just want to be, um, represent the love and the, everything that you are to the people that are around us in Jesus' name. Amen.